Welcome to Aim Higher, a show designed to help us realize the leadership potential inside of all of us. I'm Skip Pritchard, CEO, author, blogger, student of success, and your host. To start Aim Higher, we want to first of all thank you for listening, commenting, sharing, and rating the Aim Higher podcast wherever you listen. It makes a huge difference, and we appreciate you. Today, we are talking about the lost art of getting along, or how to get along with the people we don't like, or the unlikable among us. Most of us want to get along with other people. We aren't ready to attack others or find ourselves in frustrating situations. We don't want to just be miserable because everyone around us is miserable. We're social beings. We want to connect. Studies show having a friend at work is key to happiness at work. And the ability to work well with others is on the kindergartner's report card for a reason, but it's also cited at work a lot as a key skill for most jobs. And yet everybody is not always easy to work with. Some people literally drive us up a wall. The person who cuts you off in traffic and then gives you the finger while doing it. Or the college roommate who curses at you for saying, turn the light off when they're coming in at 2 a.m. and throwing on the music at full blast. Or maybe the coworker next door who eats that sandwich you're sure could be smelled in the next county over. Or worse, the person on your team you've been helping all along who goes around you to your boss and stabs you in the back trying to get your job. Difficult people. What do you do to get along with the people that you don't like? Today to talk about this, we have an expert panel. Welcome back, Tammy Spade. Thank you, Skip. I'm excited to be here. Exciting topic today. It is exciting. Yeah. It is an exciting. Did, did that happen to you on the drive over? Nobody uh, cut you off today? I'm usually the cutter offer. Oh, we'll be getting into that then. <laughs> and then Drew Bordis. Welcome back, Drew. Thank you. I'll be playing the role opposite Tammy and everything she thinks today like normal. Like normal. <laughs> and we have new to the Aim Higher podcast. I won't do a drum roll, but we have Kathy King. Hello. Hello, Kathy. Kathy's an expert in products and solutions across industries. She knows customers and has customer intimacy and is always looking to solve problems that people anticipate. You just solve them, whatever problems come up. I try. I try. Thank you for having me. It's well, we're glad to have you. <laughs> so that means you're probably not on the di- – see, we had a difficult person that was going to sit there, and then we just thought, well, you know, we, we should Let's invite Kathy instead. Yes. So that's that's what we Is did. Is that Lovely. really how you aim higher, though? <laughs> Maybe. That's probably the first question. Anyway, let's just start off. What do you do to get along with the people that you don't necessarily like? First, I analyze what's wrong with them because I know it's not me. <laughs> <laughs> Have you told Drew yet that he's the difficult person? I thought we'd Does break into that slowly. Okay. <laughs> Is this an intervention? <laughs> I wondered if that was my part yeah, in all of this, is. to tell you. <laughs> it is, and Kathy, it's why we positioned you in that close by, Drew, so that you could stop him from running from the room. But what do you do? What do you do with the difficult people that you may find difficult or you might not like them? They might just be obstructionists. What are some of the techniques that you think you can do? First of all, I should ask, have any of you ever had somebody that would fall into those categories, or are you somehow only surrounded by angelic beings and happiness and light and unicorns? I get along with everybody. Never had that problem. No problem. with, And nobody's ever annoyed you? No, never. 
Well, they, and the annoying part, I, I think that there is a range, right, to the examples you used from, you know, the smelly sandwich person that's annoying. The person that works with you stabbing you in the back for your job is threatening your livelihood and toxic and awful. So, mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's a range of not getting along with that I think you, you should deal with each of them in their own way. Let's talk about that. So someone just difficult to get along, you just don't like, you know, and I always tell people that when you meet a large group of people, some people aren't going to like you because you remind them of the uncle that really just was, you know, terrorizing them as a kid, or you're that aunt that was just, you know, you talk in the voice of the aunt that whatever. It could be those things from the past. But what if somebody just irritates you? How do you get along with the person? You know, one of the things that I have found in families, workplaces, et cetera, is to lower my own expectations. Because often it could be a stylistic issue and it's a person maybe that you just don't naturally click with. There are people we naturally click with, like the people around this table in the podcast today, and there are people that you don't. And I find that if I walk into every interaction anticipating what they're going to do that's going to annoy me, I'm already annoyed. So if I lower my expectations and just expect that, you know, their approach is going to be different than mine, I'm probably less frustrated. If it's somebody I have to work with all the time, then I think you have to take a more active role in understanding the why behind what's happening, what's going on for them, what's going on in your interaction, and maybe even describing for them what impact they're having on you. Yeah, I think style is such an important part of of this and knowing people's style. So there may be a style diametrically opposed to yours. Somebody may want to start with, in my case, I don't like when they want to start with every last little detail and build, 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 build for two hours to tell you a conclusion that if you would have heard the conclusion in the first place, you'd agree with it and move on to the next subject. But they want to build that case. So for me, that kind of build it up, I find annoying. So I like to tear into that and ask, you know, here's my style. Here's your style. Can we meet in the middle? Because sometimes there's a reason why they're building that case. And so you may want to go along with it or they may say, I understand you don't like this, but would you bear with me? Because I think you'll see, and and I'm okay with it, but if you just throw me into it, I'm going to kind of bristle with that. Have you seen people like that, Kathy? Yes. Or all styles work for you, I forgot. No, no, I totally understand what you're saying. I think, first of all, you have to meet people where they are and understand that you can't change people. So it's sort of, you can change your reaction to someone or you can dialogue with them. Like you said, okay, I would really like you to get to the point. And they can dialogue back and say, hey, but please stick with me. But I think the open communication is really important when you are feeling triggered by somebody. Yeah, asking questions, I think, is good. I think it's empathy. Empathy. How do we build empathy? We live in a world where demonizing the other side is a sport. Every night you see it on the news. Every day you see it all over social media. And how do we undo this kind of everyday practice in the world and instead build empathy? So if you meet somebody who's difficult, I often first, instead of looking at it as a hostile kind of situation, I think you're here to teach me. You're going to come at things from a different perspective as me. I want to learn. So I'm going to try to ask questions to elicit that out. Now, I can't do that if I'm rushed, if I'm under a deadline, if I'm under severe stress, et cetera. But in a healthy situation, then I can slow down and say, tell me more. Tell me about your approach. It helps me build empathy to understand where they're coming from. But we've lost that, haven't we? I don't think we've lost it in person. 
I think we've lost it online for sure. I think the Twitter, Facebook, social media, arguing with strangers all day, that, that for, for sure we've lost it. In person together, actual work teams, I, I don't think we have as much. But I do think there's a, an assumption of positive intent or digging into, even when there's not positive intent, and in the, in the extreme example you had of, you know, somebody is, is backstabbing me after my job, there is something going on there of, are you insecure? or Not you, but the person doing it. Like, why are you behaving that way? The majority of people, thank goodness, running around the work world aren't doing that. The people that do, what, what's going on with you? And even if you can't help that person, can you see those signs earlier in another job, in another role with another person to kind of make that a better ending? Yeah, and, and oftentimes I'm using that example specifically because I knew that the person doing that, that was doing it to somebody else, was threatened. Right. And felt that that boss was threatening that person. So it was just in response. So you only learn a little snippet of, oh, you were doing this to get around. But then when you look in the next stage, you say, yeah, well, I did that because. And then all of a sudden you realize this person's taking credit for everything I do because they want to get rid of me, whatever it was. So it, it was reactionary. So that's why I say empathy starts with questions and it starts with understanding. Stephen Covey's famous quote, seek first to understand and then to be understood. And I think that's a quote that's really apt in this situation. Kathy said something, too, that resonates with me, and that is that I can't control the other person. I can only control myself. So if I attempt to control the other person, that's probably never going to go down the right path. And I do think, too, that this grievance culture that we're living in takes the person out of it and puts an issue on them or an identity on them or a camp that they're in versus sitting down and having a one-on-one -on -one conversation. I love to hear people's stories. I, I'm, you know, I love to understand where someone has come from and what they're trying to achieve and what they see as their next steps in life. And when you can make some of those kinds of connections, you can work together. What is the goal they have? And how does that map to your goal? And how might you attack it together versus you know, feel like that person's bad when you know, people aren't generally bad, like you said, Drew? Right. And I think that we always talk about self-awareness so much on this podcast it, in, in every topic. It's so important. I think part of it is, you know, I joked about, you know, it's the other person. It's not me. Sometimes it is me. You know, sometimes you're stressed, you're tired, you haven't exercised, and your trigger is, is ready to go. So I think being aware of that and to just say, look, I'm at a point where I'm going to overreact on anything that happens, the slightest thing. So take care of yourself so that you're not adding to the problem. Respect is key. I think that we live in a world that's not just online where we disrespect, but that disrespect is more pervasive than it, it ever has been before. And if your model is somebody who doesn't respect others and then you don't respect others, then I think it builds problems in the workplace. So how do we build respect into the system? How do we recognize, I respect you as a human. And I'm going to listen to you. I find it often, you know, you think about, come from a legal background, people may have diametrically opposed political views, legal views, et cetera, but that respect is there. So recently I lost a friend who I didn't agree with on a number of issues, and yet we had such a friendship and we would challenge each other on different things, and that was okay. That respect was the reason why we didn't just demonize the other side 
And as a result, we both ended up migrating into probably a third view of certain things, not always, but we would migrate and say, oh, I didn't understand that. So I'm always trying to learn, but I think respect is a big reason because if somebody's annoying you or you don't like them or whatever, if you don't respect them and make that quick judgment, you're never going to be in that place where you can get along. I think the key is understanding that everybody has their own strengths. They have something to bring to the conversation. And understanding those strengths will help you build that respect, even if it's different from your own set. And then you can sort of move forward, right? Good point. Moving forward is key because sometimes we get mired in it and just stuck in these problems. And I think that creates its own stress. Well, one technique I hear people say a lot is you don't like somebody, just fake it. Smile, move on, fake it. And that is not, for those of you who know me, that is not my way. So I believe in sincerity and authenticity first and foremost. Now, obviously, if it's a casual situation, you're never going to see anybody. You don't need to make a big deal about something. But I think, for me, showing up sincerely and authentically is very important. For others, they just want to move on past that stress of that person that irritates them and they dislike and just smile and move on. They don't want to kind of confront it. So some people want to confront it and some people want to just avoid it. What do you think about the advice to just fake it? You meet somebody that you dislike, you want to get along, I fake it. Drew, don't say you've been faking it. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. no. I, 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 so many of these are situational. I think if it's annoyance and it's one time and it's in the moment, you know, you don't want to walk up to somebody and say, you're really annoying me right now. Let me tell you, let me tell you how this impacts me. But if it's, if it's meeting after meeting after meeting, if it's coworker, if it's somebody you're on a team with, you can't, you can't fake it. You need to talk through it at some point. So those in the listening audience who do not see Drew don't realize that Drew's face tells the story of all. Drew can't fake it Whether if he Whether I tried. like it or not. We know where Drew is. I don't think you could smile and fake it if you tried. No. It wouldn't work. No, I cannot. But Kathy, on the other hand, <laughs> she's a master. I bet you could fake it, couldn't you? I do play poker. You so do. I'm not surprised. I could see you playing poker. And people think, oh, she definitely has the losing hand. And no. Never see me coming. <laughs> right, right. Whereas I'd be like, I've got four aces. This is so awesome. <laughs> Bet everything. <laughs> I do think that there can be something to that. You know, if it's not just continual dishonesty or uh, lack of authenticity. But if you smile at someone and if you look them in the eye, even if you don't want to do it, it can begin the process of connection with that person. So there is a little bit of, you know, if you don't have something nice to say, don't say anything at all and just smile and look at that person and start maybe behaving the way you want to feel toward them. I, I think that can work for some people. I love that. But what you're saying, though, the smile, the intention behind that smile is not I'm smiling to fake it. Right. And inside the dialogue is I really don't like you and can't wait to get out of your presence. Instead, you're look, you just said you're looking for that connection. I believe what you said is right. That intention well, is, is there. And there's, a, there's an importance to this of, of like how important is it that you're on the same page, that you see eye to eye, that you work it out, right? There's a social interaction that, you know, whatever, if, if, you, don't, if you don't iron out your differences because you don't see each other again versus a you're in the boat together, you're in the team, you're, you, you have got to get together where bad things happen that I think also helps 
kind of way that the, do I just socially acceptably move on or do I address this right now? Yeah. Is this a neighbor that I'm just at a cookout with, or is this my coworker that every day we're in a meeting and on a project together for the next 18 months? That's going to dictate how serious you take the situation for sure. But yeah, smiling is one. Of course, we said listening. I think being more interested in the other person that builds empathy is a good one. That's hard. It's hard. It's hard. Hard, huh? My stories are more interesting than theirs. (laughs) But you could ask. It's true. You never asked him. You never asked him about their stories. I have so many things to say. Watch your energy, I think, is another one. See where your energy goes. If somebody's very, very draining, I think you need to figure that out. Because if someone's draining you consistently, that's not sustainable. So you have to really think about that. I think limiting your time with the person. So sometimes you have a relative who irritates you and you can't eliminate the relative from your family. Legally. Legally, easily, but limit your time. So you don't need to spend all that time. If Uncle Emil is driving you crazy, don't spend the afternoon with him. Yeah. There are times when I have in those situations purposefully, consciously chosen the passive aggressive approach, which is There's always this conflict when you get into the discussion with this person over whatever the topic is. And so I'm not going to go there with them. I'm just going to act like it's not something I want to talk about or I'm going to act like that didn't bother me because it's just not worth the disruption and the upheaval at the Thanksgiving table or or whatever it is. Well, that's choosing your battles Mm -hmm. really well. Prioritizing, Mm -hmm. right? Right. I think that's good. Yeah. Not passive aggressive. Yeah. Okay. I like I like yeah. your label better. Choosing your battles. Yes. Well, and She's that one good at branding. I, <laughs> gosh. Um that one does apply I think to social media too. Of you know what? Mute the person on Facebook. You don't have to follow every one of their posts if they annoy you or if they're posting a, you know, picture after picture that just drives you crazy politically or something. Mute them. Quit watching it. Stop. That is good advice. <laughs> There's a lot of people, I think, who you can mute and it would solve a lot of the problems. Just stop irritating you because they're not in your feed. When do you need to seek help from others? So if you're at work and someone's really irritating you, when do you think you need to go to your manager or to human resources or to your friends at the water cooler? What what do you do? And when do you do it? When do you seek help? Somebody's just, they're just, it's just too much. I've tried everything. I've smiled. I've listened. I've empathized. I've tried to identify, tried to explain my side, tried to do everything I can do. I brought them sandwiches that don't smell like I've done it all. And they still are driving you crazy. What do you do? Well, I think Drew's earlier point is an important one. What is the cost? So do you have to work with this person in an ongoing way? Then you may need to get some counsel on, you know, you may need a mediator. You may need, you don't want to take this to bosses for petty issues, but perhaps you need a couple of managers to sit in and have a talk together. You know, maybe even look at other materials. I think there's a difference between gossip and seeking counsel from other people. And I want to call that out because, you know, sometimes we're tempted to go to other people and share a lot about our feelings about someone, things they've done that annoy us, and we've never gone to that person, or we've never said it in quite that open and transparent and honest way, and invited them to tell us, is there something I could be doing differently? Is there something I'm contributing to this? 
So I, I think that's important. When you're going to talk to other people, do it in a constructive, not a destructive or disrespectful way, back to your idea of respect. Because you're looking to move forward, right? Again, right. you're trying to resolve something versus I'm just going to unload and, you know, put all of this negative energy out there. I do think if you observe them not gossiping, again, if you observe them working well with someone else, it might be good to just, it, this depends greatly on the relationship and all that, but just to say, I want to work like you two work. Why can't I? Why does it work for you? I think that accountability, personal accountability is an incredible skill. And what you just said is taking that accountability because so often we wonder, what's wrong with them? Why are you irritating me? And we don't realize we may have been the cause of that irritation. So what can I do when I meet with the person to say, this isn't working well. We surely have noticed together. I have witnessed this, this, and this. What are you seeing? What can I do? Because if the person sees you're genuinely aware of it, it may help them come to the table. Now, sometimes that doesn't happen, but most of the time, I think it does. Because it may be, well, you walk right by me in the morning and you don't even say hello. And I just that sends me a signal. that, And you go, whoa, I didn't even know. I didn't see you. Or um, I walk by everybody. <laughs> I'm going to get my coffee in Drew's case. So don't talk to me until after. Well, some of you may be kind of listening to all this and you may think, well, you know what? I don't get along with anybody. It's me. You're the common denominator. I'm the common, like I'm the difficult person. Why is that? That, you know, people often are self-aware of it. But what if you're hearing, you know, you're a difficult person and you, some people wear it as a badge of honor. I know I'm difficult to work with, but I'm quite good at what I do. What if you're the person that's irritating everyone? You're stealing every kid's candy. You're like, a bully. Yeah. What happens? What do you do? What steps can you do if you realize, and again, I know it depends on the continuum of how irritating you are. But if your style is abrasive to so many people, what are some of the steps you can do to work on yourself? I think self-awareness, as you were talking about earlier, is really key to that. So getting really self-aware about what things you do that set people off and being curious about others and what you need to do in order to meet them where they are. And maybe thinking to yourself, what is the cost? What am I losing by behaving this way? They're probably behaving that way out of fear. Maybe they've been conditioned in a different work environment that it's, you know, dog eat dog and you're just climbing up and you step on everybody else and they don't really have different operating skills. But thinking about, you know, am I, am I creating the kind of future that I want? Am I creating the kind of relationships that I want? Really good. I think pausing, self-assessing, asking other people that 360 review we've talked about, asking people, what are you seeing what can I do? Getting some coaching. And sometimes people are like, oh, I can't afford a coach or this. But you can get coached informally by people. If you just go up to them and say, would you do me a favor and coach me a little? This is what I'm seeing in myself. Coach me. Just ask 10 people. You'll get amazing advice if you write that down to say, hmm, there may be some good ideas. Now, some people wear it as a badge of honor. Some people want to be difficult because they want everyone to leave them alone and they want to be introverted and alone, et cetera. And underneath that, there's something. There's a little child crying and waiting for a hug. <laughs> but that's the best coaching, though, I, I feel like. You know, that in the moment, that person knows you. They know the context of the situation. They were in the meeting with you. Just use as – I mean, I we use Tammy for this all the time, bless your heart, of, you know, hey, Tammy, that meeting didn't go how I thought it would go. Can you 
tell me what happened from your perspective of how I acted in there. I mean, that's it's helpful. In the moment coaching, that's brilliant. Yes. Could that have gone better? Give me some feedback right away. Because it doesn't feel unsafe then. It's mm-hmm. just give me your honest opinion. Well, and sometimes, you know, it wasn't as bad as you perceived it to be anyway. And then you are the annoying person because Tammy has other things to do I, I with know. her That's day. That's why I said bless her heart. <laughs> <laughs> she has other things to do with her day, but it's all, all the whole day is is spent on Drew, Drew and how Drew, Drew's issues and, and what he right. did wrong. I'm out Thursdays Thursday. for that. Yeah, yeah. Thursday. yeah. Thursday's the day. Yeah. So you've, you've moved it all to a mm. single day. Well, that was wise for me. Yeah. That's a different productivity management. Time management seminar on aim higher but that's a good one thursday is the drew day so it is interesting we have a lot of advice for people who are dealing with difficult people so listening empathizing smiling understanding nobody mentioned throwing the sandwich away it's a good one just throw it away when they're not looking is that passive aggressive that's passive aggressive yes or throw it away when they are looking that's just aggressive aggressive <laughs> Then you're the difficult person. Then you're the difficult person. (laughs) You're stealing. Anyway, lots of ideas, but it is difficult. And and I just want to say there's a lot of people, they may write in and talk about difficult people they're working with. They may be thinking about that. This is a very hard thing. It sounds easy, but working with difficult people is a life skill. And as part of those life skills, it's a lifelong journey to learn how do I deal and operate and build relationships with people who I find difficult. And where can I find ways to build bridges with people who may think differently than me, who may have been raised differently than me? And that's actually a gift. And so if you reframe it and look at it as a gift of there's a wide variety of people being put into my life and all of them are teaching me, what can I learn? And I like to look at each and every person as a teacher because I think you will learn some extraordinary lessons from the most ordinary people. And with that, and in dealing with difficult people, We want to thank you for listening to Aim Higher. See you next week. Thanks for listening to Aim Higher with Skip Pritchard. Check out skippritchard.com for more episodes, interviews, book reviews, and leadership insights. Until next time, remember, don't settle for the mediocre. Always aim higher. Aim higher.